Ken Simmons needs no introduction. He's a radio personality, an entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, and most importantly, I feel privileged to call him my friend. Last season, I sat with another friend to get her perspective on what makes for a long-lasting relationship. And in this season, I wanted to get the male perspective. So let's jump right into my conversation with Ken. Welcome to Season 3 of Conversations with Kathy, the podcast for anyone who's looking for a place filled with honest conversations, tangible takeaways, and new perspectives on life, love, and everything in between. And I'm your host, Kathy Ann Roach. Let's jump right in. When I decided to do this male version of the podcast, I knew that I wanted to talk to you. You know, when I sat and I thought about all of the men that I knew, I said, you know, I wanted to talk to Ken. I wanted to have this conversation. And I, I don't know if I've ever gotten the opportunity to, again, say thank you to you for the opportunity that you gave to me. Because I remembered when I wanted to be on radio, I did my little demo and I don't know where I heard you. I don't know how I heard you, but I said, let me send it as your opinion on my demo. And you were so kind to share your space on radio with me. So I always want to tell you, thank you so much for that opportunity. It was my privilege. When I heard the demo, you heard a, a natural talent and, and your, your essence of, of who you were came out in that demo that I heard and it was my honor and years after mm-hmm. it is proven because your, your podcast is doing well and mm-hmm. I just see you just going from strength to strength and I'm happy to know you and to be called your friend I think I think I am your friend I yes yes and we've done a couple of things since then so we right. all tell our business on this podcast <laughs> But you know what I wanted to talk to you about as a man, men get a bad rap when it comes to relationships. I feel there's a distinct separation between what women think about men. And yet we still want you all as much as we think you are. And we will hear some dogs barking in the back as much as we like to label men. (laughs) (laughs) Was was that strategically done? (laughs) That's strategically. Here's my dog back. I I, I feel so We're having a conversation about men. About men. In case case the dog starts to bark at him. (laughs) You know, and I don't like to label all men. And I think when I look at you, I think you're a symbol of everything that is good. I know that you have done your work. You have done your self-work. And you continue to do that. And you continue to share. And I want to talk to you this evening about, you know, how that has translated into the type of relationship you now have with your wife. So I'm going to take you all the way back from when you met her. And of course, why did you choose her? Because I'm sure there was a bevy. Right. I like that. I like that. I like that. What was it about Darcel that made you say, okay, you know what? This is the one. Well, Darcel and I met over 18 years now. We have been married 15 years, going on 16 years in April the 29th of this year. We met in church. At that time, we we were going at the same church and she was young in comparison to my age and the, the woman that I dated before. 
So she was 18 going on 19. I was 26 going on 27. And there was an innocence about myself that drew my attention. Mm -hmm. And and when I say that, please, for those who are listening, this is innocence. You're praying on, on the young girl. But no, she was a darling. She was she was a servant and, and she had, she, she was distinctly different from the other ladies in that environment in church. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for those who are accustomed to the church environment, of course, you know, the scripture teaches us, you know, to make sure to find a, a woman or, or a man that is within the same fold of religion. I, I, I think differently now, but yeah. back then my eyes were in the area that I was allotted to choose from, which is yeah. the church environment. Right. And I knew that self for that time, but it didn't strike me to be with her right. when we first met. It wasn't about that. It was just that I admired this lady, how she would serve, how she would approach me and others within the church. And I just admired that about her. Mm-hmm. It was only until... A good friend of mine who is known locally here in Trinidad, the big old JD, he said, oh, what do you think about Danacel? I said, she's a nice young lady. Right. Uh, and when he said that, it caused me to look even further at the possibility. Yes, yes. Of, I wonder if this is the one. Mm. <laughs> I was wondering. And through that, I started to pay attention to her even more and Eventually, I asked her out on a, on a date. Her, her parents were not, her mother in particular, were not too fond of it because of the age difference, one. Mm-hmm. And she felt that I was the, the star boy or, should, could I say, could I say, playboy in the church? No, <laughs> no, but, no but, but I'm trying to to find the correct word, but it's not right. But you know, because in the church, I was the youth minister there. I mm. would be in the limelight. So she had a particular idea of the the boyfriend or the husband for her daughter. You know, right. her parents yeah. always think that they know best of what their children want. Yes. So she so she didn't want that, even though that I, I was not a bad person, obviously, but she wanted something different. Right. But her daughter was looking at me as well. Yeah. So we went out on a date, several dates, and I recognized, I said, this young lady has something special and I think I need to, to make it serious. So we went into a long-term relationship, meaning a year and a half, a year. And after a year, I was going on 27 and I decided, listen, I need to make a commitment. And I proposed to Darcel. Yeah. At, at that time, I did not, I did not think too far ahead, mm-hmm. obviously. If you are going into a serious relationship, making a decision of that nature, all things would come into your mind, whether it will work, what what they will say. That wasn't an issue with me. My issue was what I was feeling in the present moment with her. I I felt comfortable. I felt that this was the right decision. I asked her to marry me and she did. She accepted. Now at 27. I mean, like you said, you were older than she was, but you were quite young in terms of male standards, yes. in terms of getting married. What was your peers saying to you when you said, I'm going to marry this woman? Well, at that time I was in a church environment, right? as opposed to now. 
So in the church, they will always want you, of course, no fornication. Yes, of so course. It's better to marry like, than to burn. Than to burn, right? Mm. right. <laughs> yes. So I was just happy that, listen, I, I felt comfortable in proposing to a, a woman that I would want to spend the rest of my life with. And I, I couldn't wait to be intimate. Legally, quote unquote. Yes, yes, right? yes. Because, because, because we were pecking before. Right. Right? Yes. <laughs> I, I feel it convicted. Yes. But, but I said, you know what, let me make it right. And But I didn't make that decision because I wanted to have sexual intercourse. Yeah. That wasn't it. Yeah. Right? Because I knew what that felt like from my previous life. Yeah. And my past uh, dealings. So I made the decision, but it was not a, a, a decision that my peers felt that we're wrong with you, boy. I wasn't yeah. in that circle. That was not your peer group. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, I got encouragement. JD was a gospel singer at that time. He turned that day. He encouraged me. He was the best man in my wedding. And I felt good. I felt good at, at that time. Right? And we, we got married in 2006, April 29th. And mm-hmm. here, 15 years, going on 16 years, we are still married, thankfully. Knowing the culture outside of church and not everyone is fortunate to find a good church girl and a good church boy. <laughs> the culture outside of church for women who are looking and feeling as though they're good quality women, they're doing their best and yet they are not finding the right man. Because I talk to a lot of people about relationships, I find I'm seeing just this distinct split among the sexes about who is to blame when things are not working out in a relationship. It's the man, he isn't mature enough. It's the woman, she's too aggressive. What do you think when it comes to the dynamics of relationship today? I think first and foremost, a woman should just be herself in her femininity, right? Mm -hmm. You made a point where a woman's dating, probably she's not finding the right one. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know in this time and in this age, things are a bit different. And some women are very straightforward and they'll tell you what they want and they will mm-hmm. tell you, listen, hey, you know, I want to be with you. But 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 when a woman is that forward, sometimes a man may not feel the need to pursue or commit as much if a woman exhibits that forwardness, because mm-hmm. that is something usually done by the male counterpart, by men. Yeah. So men love, and we've had this conversation before, I believe, men love a challenge. Mm-hmm. So, it, so, so if men feel like they, they are, are being pursued. Too easy. Yeah, it's too easy. It's yeah. too easy. It's like they will take it for granted. Yeah. It's like, okay, all right, okay. They, they would probably have relations, but not in a long term. Right. Because they didn't feel that they want to pride. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not supposed to objectify a place woman like that, but that's just how some men think. It's like, yo, I, I, I want this woman. I see what I want. I want to go after her. I'm prepared to wine and dine her. Yeah. I'm look for her. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I'm talking about the man who is looking for a woman to be his wife, not for a fling or for, for his sexual fantasy or his yeah. desire. Mm-hmm. want a woman to be serious. He wants the opportunity and the privilege to to work mm-hmm. and to pursue that woman mm-hmm. generally. So I'll take you back into your relationship. 
because now we're talking about some time has passed and you're now married and you've jumped into this scenario, not thinking about what the future, you know, just knowing this, I want this right now. What were some of the challenges that you would have faced in terms of, for example, was the age difference of that too, now to be a oh, type of challenge? Yeah, much, much challenge, much challenging. Mm-hmm. We, there, there, there was a, there was a, a, a maturity challenge. Mm-hmm. When I say maturity challenge is that in problems arising, mm-hmm. which it will happen and it has been happening from then until now, mm-hmm. we didn't know how to deal with it as a couple as we should. Yeah. So sometimes the, the petty response, the the offense mm-hmm. that, that we take and, and there was a lot of teething problems that we, we had to go through in order for us to flow as we are doing now. Not to say that we, we don't face problems where we're able to manage it much better than we did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So with her, it was, you remember she got married when she was 19. She wasn't mm-hmm. even 20, so she was in her teens. Mm-hmm. And, I was, and I was 27 at the time. So they, they had some maturing to do. And for me, I, I had to be patient and understanding. Yeah. And, and not try to, not try to, to rule with a heavy hand or, or use my, or lift my voice to work out the problems as the older one in the relationship. But later on, I recognized that I had to understand mm. and dwell with her according to my level of understanding. Mm-hmm. Yes, there, there were times where. I allowed my emotions to get the better of me. Mm-hmm. But all of that is part of the process and that's how we learn. And yeah. thankfully we survived the, those, it could say three to five years of trying to work it out. It, yeah. it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a six months, you know, eight months, nine months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three to five years. And then after the five years, we started to understand each other better. Therefore, we were able to relate to each other, not just in the good times or when things are nice, but when things are not well and we have different of opinions, we're able to work it out in a civil way and not allow the neighbor to hear our business. Right. What would you have thought <laughs> about that, though? What would you have thought about the working it out? Because would it have been the christian perspective that you chose to work it out under or was it some other form of reasoning that you came up with no through those three to five years there were a lot of verbal should i say verbal abuse yeah on both parts they they, they were walking outs there were quarrels thankfully i can say this publicly there was no hitting right right no no hard in pass as mm-hmm. they say and that, that's what I said, three to five years. So what attributed to that is just a matter of, I guess, I guess an understanding of not one, wanting to make it work despite the challenges. Because for me, there, there were people who were saying that it would not have worked because of the age difference. Right. And I think partly, and hear me out, partly of trying to figure out how it's going to work. I remember people saying that and thinking to myself, I would not give them the benefit of the doubt right. for my marriage to fail. Yeah. So, so that was a motivating factor to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned trial and error. And when I recognized that, listen, 
going back and forth does not work. The day that I decided to make a conscious effort to understand my wife, her faults, her, 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 her strengths, what she likes, what she dislikes, then our relationship got better. I had to pay attention. And that is not just, that is not a one day or two day, you know, it takes time to, to understand someone in, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I often say that when you get married, there is one arrangement or one agreement that is made at the start of the relationship. And as a relationship progresses, you have to make new agreements. You have to form new arrangements in terms of what your needs are, in terms of who you are, because I am sure that Darcel isn't the same person that you met uh, when she was 19. I'm assuming when she hit around 25, she would have displayed a different type of personality trait. You too, that you would change. And now you're having two new type of people in this relationship. And unless you're able to, to sit and say, okay, my needs are different now. I require a difference from you in terms of response. Otherwise, it becomes even more of a struggle. So what I'm yeah. hearing is that after those three years, there was a shift in the understanding of what the arrangement was because the conflict would have come from you having a certain type of expectation from her and she having a certain type of expectation from you based on the initial arrangement and it was changing. Yes. yes. I'll, I'll tell you this. The, the, the point where it changed for the better and we saw a significant change is when we decided to do something that we both loved to do and we did it together. And that was mm -hmm. fitness. That was fitness. Mm -hmm. Darcel, before we got married, she was more to herself. She was an introvert, but now you would never know that. And, and speaking of fitness, she, she would, being an introvert, she wouldn't want to even go to the gym and even use equipment in the gym where people are mm -hmm. there. She would want to train at home. She didn't train consistently before, but when I got into the fitness and then I encouraged her to do it, she took a liking to it. And then we started doing it together. And there in lies the, the blessing that came in our relationship. And I think that was just the, the gel and the, uh, and the glue that kept us together and that momentum yeah. building. When we started to train together, she found a likeness to it. We did something meaningful that we enjoyed each other's company. And in doing that, we learn so much about each other. Yeah. So for me, I think for any successful relationship, you need to find something that you both enjoy doing and do it together on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So I, I would train her. Back in the day, I started to train her. Yeah. And then we started to train together. You know, so much now that we have a fitness business and she trains people and we're still doing that together. Yes. So, so that, that is a major issue. If you look at, at uh, relationships, couples who have been married for many years, you, you would find a pattern of, of these people doing something together for a, a, a long period of time. One may not be in the forefront as the other, but you find that they, they're involved in the same type of business and they work together on a regular basis doing that. Yeah, either somebody is in the background doing the admin or the whatever while somebody right. else is the forefront. What about right. people who say, well, we just don't like the same things. I mean, the thing that he is passionate about or she is passionate about, I really know into that. 
Is there any other thing that they can do to connect? Okay. You made a decision to be with that person for the long haul. You, you made a commitment to be with that person. So you would think that you would have some things in common. You wouldn't have everything in common. Yes. If, if you are in a relationship where, where you don't find nothing, you say opposite of track, <laughs> there has to be one yeah. thing. Yeah. There has to be one thing. Yeah. And if you can't find that one thing, then you have no business being together. And I will say it. With, mm-hmm. with, you have no business to be together. One partner could be outgoing. Another partner could be reserved. And they complement each other. And I understand the theory of opposite attract, but there has yeah. to be something, one thing that, that you both like. But but you have to take time to explore that. Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes yeah, it could be a new thing. It could be a new thing. It could, yeah. But you have to explore. You have to be willing to explore, to try new things. Mm-hmm. Because that I think that's major. Especially if, if one of the parties heavily involved in what they do. Sometimes they, their partner can feel neglected. And feel well that you are choosing what you do over them. Yeah. But, but if if you find something that you all can work with together and they are equally as passionate about that as you are about what you do, then they may have a level of understanding of why you do and why you put so much energy into that. So mm-hmm. it may not be the thing that you actually love, love, love to do that they're interested in, but you yeah. have something that you all like to do together. And do it as often as possible to make that connection, just to seal that bond even greater. Yeah. So after 15 years of marriage, how do you keep this thing spicy? Well, just like anything else, you you have to constantly work at it to keep it spicy. I'm guessing you're referring to in relation to to sex to make sure that it doesn't be boring, right? I don't know what I'm referring to. How do you keep? How do you keep the fires burning? Right. But, but yeah, let, let's talk about the desire because I was talking to a friend and he was like, okay, well, after 15 years or whatever, you know, I've heard every story, you know, you've probably tried a lot of things already. And it's like, how do you keep the attraction to your partner going? Because you can become very used to each other to the point that it could sometimes for some people, it can feel platonic. So the right. desire is like, how do you keep desire alive? Right. You, you, the day, the days and weeks and months pass where you're not, you're not genuinely smiling and laughing in the presence of your spouse is where it becomes very dull and boring. So my personality is that I will always try to make joke off of something, try something yeah. funny. And sometimes be a little bit, you know, miserable, miserable, not to the point where you, you're causing them distress, but yes. Be, be fun, be playful. Yes. You have to do that or else it becomes boring without a girl. It becomes not interested. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, Kaji, right? What we, what we get familiar with, we take for granted. Yeah. Right? And this is my strategy. I always have to present myself the way how I look, the way how I carry about myself. Mm-hmm in the public to keep myself as desirable as possible mm-hmm. to place within my wife's mind, not a sense of doubt, but mm-hmm. to keep her on her toes because I don't want to be, I, I, I want to not take me for granted. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm married for 15 years, but I want you to know that, that don't believe that I would always be there no matter what you do, although yeah. that is planned. 
That is the desire. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was. You must always feel mm-hmm. that, yeah, boy. I, I, I to make sure I keep myself looking at ways because okay. I don't, I don't want to lose him because mm-hmm. I don't want to take me for granted. Mm-hmm. Familiarity breeds contempt. So, so sometimes when you're doing the same things over and over again, you sometimes in a relationship, in a long-term relationship, we let ourselves go. Yes. When you keep yourself in a particular way and you find that the opposite sex still desire you, not to say that you're out there yeah. looking, you know, the stag, you're looking for birds, you're looking for women or, or vice versa, you're looking for man, but make sure that you, you keep yourself desirable and you keep mm-hmm. yourself fresh to always keep your partner on their toes. Right, right. So that that is one of my strategies. So don't take me for granted because if if it's slipping a slide, <laughs> <laughs> no, he has to think. I know, I know, it might sound weird, right? I, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> but here's what I'm going to ask you: because outside of church, remember we were talking about the peer group, and the peer group was all encouraging. And now you have a different prayer group, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Yes. Who has a different mentality. So different. what do they say when you make these, well, I am practicing fidelity and I'm being my wife. And is it that they look up to that or they go like, Ken, I don't want you to know. Well, well, what, what do you get? Well, for me, I don't. I don't hide the fact that I, that I'm married. I, I, I love my wife, but I, I don't I don't wear it as a badge or, or will make people feel well because I've married for 15 years. Look at me and my wife, and probably you have that find that soulmate yet you're single. I don't do that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I am very much friendly. I have a lot of female friends, thankfully, in my relationship. Mm-hmm. My wife don't feel insecure, feel threatened with me having other female friends. Mm-hmm. And I go out, so I, my relationship is not one of, okay, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I'm always home from my wife. Yes, I go out and socialize and I have mm-hmm. a lot of female mm-hmm. So, So for me, my peers, they respect and they, not envy, but they said, listen, better you than me, because in some cases, the circle that I'm in, they have not reached that figure as yet. Reach probably near that figure and the relationship will not work out. Mm-hmm. But I don't try to dwell on it. For me, I always tell them, listen, most important thing, do you and make sure that you're happy with who you're with and happy with yourself most importantly. Help me and the women listening to be a little fly on the wall in terms of what conversation is had between you men when you all are talking about women and why the relationship isn't working. So for those men who it kind of went almost the 15 or it was almost the proposal or, or whatever, what happens? What, what causes the failure from the man's perspective? I, I don't want to be one-sided in my response, but based on several conversations that I had with men, usually it's, it's a point of looking outside infidelity they take the relationship for granted. That is why I said what I said. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure that I look good. I, I feel good. I'm top of my game. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not making you feel insecure as a mm-hmm. husband, but I, I, I am doing what I'm supposed to do as a husband, but I don't want you to ever take me for granted. So usually the case with, with relationship that doesn't work out, usually is another, another individual involved 
and mm-hmm. another uh, female. Sometimes you would hear about financial situations, differences of opinions, but mainly most times the relationship didn't work out because sometimes the woman let herself go. Mm. She's not attractive in his eyes anymore. And when he goes out, as they say, his eye long. But you see, you see, you see we, we, we have to feel, and, and, and that is what some women do sometimes when they get the man, they, they feel, well, okay, I got the prize and, and I have to stop working. But you have to work probably even harder to ensure that you always make your man feel sexually aroused, make yourself be sexually desirable. And I have to zero in on that because sex is a major important part in a relationship, in any relationship survival on a long-term basis. And even though that, even though that woman, and some women would be listening and say, listen, can I hear you? But you can do all that and a man will still go out and say, yeah, that's, that's fine. But that's on his, on his part. But you have to do all that you can control what he does, but you ensure that you be as desirable as much as possible. But mostly times in those relationships that has not worked out, it has to do with a matter of infidelity and either person going outside of the relationship for one reason or the other. Do you think, though, that if you were to put it under a, a heading, that it would just be male immaturity? Would that be too hard to say? Because, yes, I know there's infidelity sometimes on the female side. Because two things, the reason I'm going to ask you is because while I agree with you, on a woman's role to take care of herself, not even for her man, but for herself. I believe that there are many men who do not take care of themselves. Everybody not fit and hot like you. The majority of men your <laughs> age can. <laughs> uh, they don't look like you. They're not gymming. They're drinking too many beers, the belly big. And then they want the woman to continue to be desirable. Many of them do not do the work on their end. The most they get is a, is a haircut. You know, that's, that's their thing. Let's go to the barber. But other than that, in terms of really taking care of themselves, not many men do that as well. So I agree with you that there has to be desire on both sides. But then, like you said, the woman then feels not enough because the man goes out on the relationship and she may feel, well, I didn't do anything to deserve that. You know, I, I did my best. Well, well, you you brought it brought another point, and, and yes, very much so. Men who who go outside of the relationship, who have not make a conscious effort to take care of themselves. Remember, I made mention that we both have to to take care of ourselves to keep it spunky and alive. Mm-hmm. And, and if you are not taking care of yourself, not taking care of home, and are going outside, you have a minuscule understanding of of the sexual act, your own sexuality, and yes right down immaturity, right? And I, I wish I had known this earlier on in my life, but for me, mm-hmm. uh, my understanding of sex is more than just, you know, physical, that, that physical uh, connection and the act itself. Mm-hmm. But for me, what, what more important is the energy itself, sexual energy. So I would love, and I've said this publicly and I will say it now, I love to be a wrong woman. I love to be around beautiful women. I love to be around attractive women. And recently a lady asked me, you look like, you like plenty of women. And I, I said, yes, I do. <laughs> I, I love women. 
I said, my wife knows I love women and, and it doesn't mean that I want to have sexual intercourse with them. Yes. But the more I'm around sexy women and, and women to arise that sexual energy in me, what I can do with that sexual energy is to transmute it into achievement. Thankfully, at this time, I, I wish I had known that when I was younger, when I was in my 20s, when I was just mm. wasting my sexual energy all over the place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as you said, men who do that, who don't take care of themselves, uh, don't take care of the, their home and go outside. And as a result, the relationship has broken down. They, yes, they're immature, but they have a minuscule understanding of sex, sexual activity and sexual energy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a huge point. And it's a, it's a very deep point too. It's something that we don't talk a, a lot about. I don't know if it's a bigger issue for the Caribbean male or the black male, you know, or it feels like that. I don't know, but it seems to be something that we should be having more conversations about. And it should it should be noted. I am married for so long. Somebody may ask, well, Ken, do you, do you not feel to have sex outside of your marriage? Do, do you see attractive women? Of course I do. I have sexual energy, of course. But, but what holds me back from not committing the act is understanding of what happens in the actual sexual act. Part of me remains with that individual and, and part of them remains with me too as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to join myself with, with, with someone in that way mm -hmm. that I'm not prepared to First and foremost, understand their history and know who they are. Just fulfill my flesh, my mm -hmm. understanding that, that the spiritual effect is, is long-term. And another thing too, I value my, my semen because I believe wholeheartedly that a man's superpower is his semen. Okay. The essence of manhood is within his seed. And, and the reason why we, we don't have optimum health, the reason why we have not achieved as men as we would like to, even, or even just do what we're supposed to do, not even high achievers. Mm -hmm. The basic, basic stuff that, that a man is supposed to do is because we drain our energy, okay. which is our semen. Every time that we ejaculate, we don't only lose vital nutrients that, that our body needs. You lose part of you. And, and it takes 60 something days for a sperm cycle to be rebuilt back into your body. Mm -hmm. that, that's what, that's why men, when you ejaculate, most of you, you feel to sleep and to lie down mm -hmm. because you're giving away your power. You're giving away your energy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and when you, when you have risen as a man from your animalistic behavior, you want to satisfy your, your sexual fantasies mm -hmm. and your flesh and you're all about, I want to drink, I want to smoke, I want to, yeah. I want to be with someone. When we're risen about that, then we can take our life to where we want it to be. Yeah. How would you tell a man to begin? How does he start rising above this nature? Well, first and foremost, he has to, he has to recognize what he possesses. He has to know himself. He has to know or look for someone that is a man or, or, or should be a man. He has to find himself. And usually by finding yourself, you, you have to look and search for men, whether within your environment, through books, through teachings, to someone who has lived and have achieved highly, has walked a particular path and could vouch 
that they have been through and they are in a position where they're able to add and teach you directly or indirectly. So in, in our quest to find what we have and, and, and who we are, once we discover that, and usually first and foremost, we have to see an example and then look within, then we will treat with our own selves differently because then when we know what we have, then we won't squander it and waste it. We don't know the power that we possess. I think this is a really good note on which to end. You know, it's food for thought. And I want to thank you so much for taking the opportunity to chat with me tonight. It was my absolute pleasure. I'm happy to see your growth and, and how you have blossomed or in, in our dialect, Lusum. <laughs> and, and I am I, <laughs> I am so very proud of you, Cathy. And I, I know I know bigger and better things are in store for you. We just have to wait and see. Yes. Thanks so much, Ken. Thanks for listening to the Conversations with Kathy podcast. If you would like to know more about me or how I help women who've been through a difficult relationship or breakup to gain clarity, learn to trust in themselves and to improve their overall outlook on life, then visit my website at www.kathyannroach.com. I'd love to connect with you.